Welcome to the Bitches Be Brave podcast. We know how difficult and crazy it can be to juggle family, career, and not to mention make time for yourself as a busy working mom. So it's time to get inspired and gain the tools to create a life you love. We are your hosts, Bev Steele and Heather Hobbs. Join us as together we motivate, inspire, and gain tools to thrive in all areas of life. Let's go. Welcome to episode 54. And today we talk to Judy Keller, where we're going to take a deep dive into the hard truths about honesty. And she shares a lot of her own personal story and exploiting the field of research on the subject of lying. And I know, Bev, we both read the book, and it was kind of a fun topic of discussion throughout the week as we were reading it and uh, kind of starting to really look at your own life and how often you might actually tell lies. I'm a freaking liar. <laughs> I really, really am. I mean, I just, I read the book and I was like, yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that. Um, there's a reason why that they have that song, lies, lies, lies. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many different types of lies and different situations that we justify lying. But I feel like lying cannot be this black or white thing. Like I don't feel like like a lie is a lie and it's that's bad. Like I feel like there are definitely times and situations to where um you know, it's just it's easier or it's going to not hurt somebody's feelings or it's going to help you get out of a situation that like, you know, telling a marketer that you don't have time to talk to them or whatever it is. Um, there's times where I just feel like it, it's acceptable, right? I mean, obviously the big stuff is not okay, but I feel like that's my opinion. What about the kind of embellishing lies, you know, just embellishing a little more? Yeah. I'm a little better than on this. I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's a fun book. It's a, a fun interview, I think, just to, you know, to take a look at it. And it's so funny while reading the book, how you start to look at some of the things that you do and go, wow, why did I do that? Start calling you out (laughs) on it, Bob. (laughs) I never lie to you though. Or any of our listeners. Brutally honest to me. That was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's, I, I think with you and I though, we, we, I think we're probably more honest than anybody because you know, there is that level of trust after so many years um, that, you know, you, you kind of feel like you can get away with certain things. I kind of think you're the only one that truly knows me. I know. All my crazy things that I do that I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would agree. And I think I said that too yesterday. It's like, I, it's crazy when you really think about it. You know, you have so many different people in your life. Like you are a certain way with work people and there's a certain level of of being genuine, but I think you always hide a certain part of you with your like school moms. There's going to be a certain part of you, but you kind of hide another part of you. And, um, even the way you are at home or like with my husband, you know, that I would probably never really expose to anyone else ever in terms of like how, you know, you might react or the things that you, you yell and scream about. Um, I think we all just have different facets of our life that we kind of keep hidden. I agree. So I can't wait for our listeners to hear the interview and to reflect on their own lives. All right. So here we go. 
Welcome. Today we are here with Judy Kettler, who has written for dozens of publications such as the New York Times, Better Homes and Gardens, Good Housekeeping, Runner's World, Self, Women's Health, and so many others. She's also an award-winning columnist for Cincinnati Magazine, where she writes pieces about the weirdness of midlife. Today we are going to dive into her new book, Would I Lie to You? And it's sure to be an exciting conversation. When Judy's not writing, she loves running, yoga, flea markets, and she lives with her husband and two young children in Cincinnati, Ohio. So Judy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So before we get into the book, which I was really fascinated to read because it's such a, I think, catchy topic and one that definitely makes you stop and think, but I would love to kind of hear your story on, you know, obviously you've done a lot of writing. And so what brought you to this point today where you decided to write a book on lying? Sure. So I was feeling, um, I mean, I, I, I get this question a lot and I answered it in a few different ways because there were a, a couple different things going on in my life. So number one is I was feeling kind of like a victim living in this dishonest world. Like I felt like there was all this, all these lies just coming at me um, every minute of the day. And I felt powerless, like just that, woe is me. Everyone is lying. The world is terrible. Nothing matters anymore. Like that kind of feeling of despondency. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was, you know, I've always had this relationship with honesty, going back to when I was a kid where I would get so frustrated with people's dishonesty, like especially hypocrisy. I grew up Catholic, so I feel like I experienced a lot of hypocrisy. Um, and so I would get frustrated with what felt like others' dishonesty. But then at the same time, I would recognize my own lies, my own little lies. I mean, they weren't lies of much consequence, but just like little fibs to do with ego, like making up, you know, that I got more presents than I got for my birthday when I was talking to my cousin who had more money or telling the girls in my gymnastics team I had a boyfriend because I was too embarrassed that I didn't. All these little things that I would do and I would feel such shame around. So there was this like tug of war between frustration with others and my own like frustration with myself. And I feel like that's been a thread throughout my whole life really and it, so it kind of th those two things just kind of merged together um that you know around like 2016 2017 i was finally like you know what i think this is a topic i need to write about like i've got to figure out this honesty thing um so it really was just kind of having that moment where i was like i think it's time to just like get to the bottom of this whole business of honesty yeah i just I, when I first started reading the book, I was really kind of, uh, you know, yeah, is it okay to lie here? When is it not okay? But I, I found myself connecting to you so much. I mean, I was like, okay, Catholic, check. Um, <laughs> you know, runner, check. Yeah, it, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I also had a brother that passed away. So, I mean, there's just, and yeah. then when you, in the book, you go into, um, different scenarios like relationships and work and uh, friends. And I just felt like, oh, you know, I could create a scenario in my, in my mind for every chapter. I just really connected with it. So having said that, I just really want to kind of talk about the workplace because this is something that Heather and I have talked about a lot being working 
moms Mm -hmm. is that we really feel like we have to hide our personal Mm -hmm. lives or in our struggles because we want to be viewed as a corporate, you know, Mm -hmm. dynamo and we can't let them Mm -hmm. know that we're have all these other things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, uh, women in the workplace and, and when it is okay to be honest and when maybe it's better just to pretend like yeah. it's not happening. That's a great question. And I, you know, so I have worked for myself for 20 years. So I like my office, like this is my workplace right here. So, you know, I, I almost wasn't going to include a chapter about honesty in the workplace. Cause I was like, I, I don't, I don't have a workplace, but then I got to realize like, of course I do. It's, it's not just a place you go. It's, it's really kind of a, a way of being in the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it's something that I, I think that I, I struggled with, I used to struggle with more than I do now. Um, because now I kind of don't care anymore. Like now, I mean, I, I, that's actually, that's a, a little bit of a fib. I mean, I still do care, but um, I'm not, I don't feel the need to hide as much. So if I'm working with a client um, and they're like, you know, can you do a call at whatever, whatever, um, and I can't do it, like I'll just say, oh, you know, I'm not available then, or I have something. And if they press, I mean, I don't really know why they would, I'll just say, you know what, my kids are home from school. It's too loud in my house. I can't do it, you know? So it, I, I may not lead with, the the truth all the time, but I'm not really afraid to um, to to share it if I need to. Um, I also think that it's a great chance um, for just busting stereotypes. So I had um, I was traveling. I do a lot of traveling with clients because my other the other world I work in is like content strategy and helping hospitals figure out what content to put on their website. So I have this whole other side to what I do, and it requires a lot of traveling and meeting with people and. Um, I was, you know, traveling with this team of guys and, and these are great guys. I love them. And one asked like, Oh, what, what do you do about childcare? You know, when you travel and I was like, Oh, my husband's a stay at home dad, you know? And they were like, Oh, (laughs) you know? And of course I thought like, would they, you know, I, what, what do you do? I asked them and they're like, Oh, well, you know, the one is like, we have, sitters and the the other ones like oh our kids are old enough they can be by themselves you know but it's like it's a chance to just engage I think sometimes that we miss because we're so afraid of the judgment that's going to happen instead of just being matter of fact about it so Mm -hmm. that's I don't know if that really answers what you asked I don't have the answer because it's hard it's a hard issue like none of us do that's why we're doing the podcast exactly (laughs) and I would never judge like if someone else could completely disagree with me and I wouldn't judge it I'd be like you know what you know probably what's best for your situation like for me I don't really want to have to hide it but I don't necessarily like lead with it all the time yeah. Yeah. Heather and I've had this discussion before. And I think after reading the book, I've realized I'm, a, I really am a big fat liar because I'm like, <laughs> oh. um, but you know, also in our, with our friendships with, in our kids, mm-hmm. parents and things like that, that may not be working. You want to kind of hide your, your work from them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a battle. It's a constant battle. Yeah. Well, I think too, you, I know you talk in the book about different types of scenarios, right? And if it's lying and because when I really started thinking about it, I'm like, well, what's the difference? And I know you did some research on this, but what's the difference between lying or withholding or, you know, at certain times saying something that isn't going to cause anybody harm 
Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was at the airport and a, a homeless person came up to me and asked me if I had money. And I just mm -hmm. said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. That was a lie. But like, I didn't, you know, it's just easier and polite mm -hmm. to just say, I'm sorry, I don't versus mm -hmm. I do. And I don't feel like giving it to you. Right. And so, you know, how, I mean, I guess that's the thing. And I'd love to hear like where you came to a conclusion at the end of the book, you know, um, when is it okay to tell lies? Because if it's not really mm -hmm. hurting somebody, um, or what withholding, I mean, if, you know, the kids say, can I have another cookie? No, the cookies are gone. You know, I mean, those are things I feel like it's not hurting anybody, but it's also probably, um, in the end, if you really did tally up how many lies we tell in mm -hmm. a day, it's probably shocking. Yeah. I I, yes. Well, when you start keeping track, you really realize it is, and not all lies are created equal, right? I mean, sometimes it's easier just to be like, yeah, the cookies are gone. I mean, if you're dealing with a four-year-old or like, it's easier, you don't have to, it's, it, it all, I, I do believe it always matters, but it matters in different degrees. And so, you know, one of the things that I figured out is oftentimes there's an opportunity in that, that space that we don't really want to um, give an honest response, but there might be an opportunity there, you know? So I was at, I don't, I don't think this example is in the book, um, but I was at Party City with my daughter buying, you know, whatever stuff for a party and at party city they're obsessed with like getting your email <laughs> they want you on their email list and um you know the cashier was like do you, you know can i have your email and i was like oh i don't have an email because <laughs> so, i just didn't want to engage with it right but my daughter who's nine she may have been like eight at the time she looked at me like what <laughs> and in that moment i was like oh like what silly little lie like why, why am I telling these silly little lies? I could just as easily say, I don't want to give it to you. And that's okay. So I think um, we, we sometimes forget, this is something that Lizzie Post said, um, Lizzie Post, who runs along with her cousin, runs the Emily Post Institute now. She's like the great, great granddaughter of Emily Post, I think. And so she said, you know, we forget in our obligation, like, that we want to be nice and we want to be kind. We forget that other people are supposed to be that way back to us. Like we forget that we're kind of in this social contract with people and we panic because we're so worried about how they're going to perceive something that we forget that like we're, we're in this contract with them. Right. And so that was kind of enlightening to me to be able to think like, it's okay to just be, direct about something you can be direct without being a jerk because i think we we conflate those two so that was something that was really good for me to parse out like i can be more direct i can answer things honestly without just being a jerk do you think we conflate them a lot do you think we yeah. always want to hear like I, I started thinking about this and i think that you and i were kind of discussing it mm -hmm. the other day like do we even always want the truth like if no. i ask my husband if he thinks i look fat like I don't want the answer to ever be yes. Mm -hmm. Like I really don't. Like even if he, I know he might just be appeasing me to say, no, you look mm -hmm. great. I just think there are certain times where um, the truth is, you know, we don't really want to hear it. <laughs> right. We don't, we really rely on other people. So it, you know, pro-social lying is like this whole area of lying where you're lying. The definition of is, is lying for the benefit of someone else. So a benevolent lie, a lie of kindness. Um, and we, we tell these kinds of lies and we rely on them 
You know, I, I give the example in the book, you know, after I give a talk, um, I don't want someone to come up to me and be like, I don't like your outfit. <laughs> you know, like it might be true, but there's no need to say that. Now, if they have constructive feedback, like, you know, your second example, I feel like it could have been a little sharper because I wasn't quite following you. Like that's helpful, right? But not all honesty is helpful. And we do rely on people to either sidestep around or not share all their opinions or, you know, have a little bit of pro-social deception. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the thing is, it's really helpful to notice it because when you start to notice it, you can really figure out like, when is my motive that I don't, when is my motive really one of like benevolence or kindness? And when is my motive more like, I'm really afraid to stand in this uncomfortable space where I need to stand. So that was for me, one thing that paying attention to like all lies, um, it didn't make me stop telling all lies, but it made me realize like, okay, this is a time where it's important to actually be honest, even though it's hard. Um, but until you start paying attention to it, you, you kind of never get there. Like you kind of never get to that spot where you're like, wait a minute, this is a lie of kindness. This is actually a lie to protect my own ego. And it would be better to just go ahead and stand in the uncomfortable space and tell the truth. I had a situation yesterday. Um, at my work where, because I was just finishing your book, that I, I had to give feedback to two employees to do like this 360 degree feedback where mm. people, they, they send out these surveys to people that they work with and everything. And then you give them feedback and then they go to a conference and they learn about what mm. people say about them. Well, I get them all the time. And sometimes I, you know, I try to be balanced in my feedback and all that. Well, there was two things I think would have helped these people. And I was, <laughs> I was honest yesterday and I said, they will never know that I said this. And I think it will make them a better employee or spouse mm -hmm. or whatever. So I did say it. And honestly, after I hit sent, I, I kind of feel bad about it now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I hope that they just don't get down about it. But that's, the, I mean, I really mm -hmm. think that in reflecting and reading your book that a lot of this starts when we're kids. Cause I reflected mm -hmm in my childhood, why did I lie then? You know, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. You know, I didn't want to see that disappointment in their face. And, and, you know, when we start to tell our kids about white lies or then half truths, I, I remember telling one of my daughters when she was in high school, she had slept in and she was all worried. Like, what are you going to tell the school? They're going to count it, you know, whatever. And I said, well, we'll just say you had an appointment an appointment with your pillow. Well, that was kind of like, you know, <laughs> teaching her how to work it and not feel right, right. badly. Mm -hmm. um, but did, did, did you find in your research and your study that a lot of it comes from how you, you are brought up, how you approach um, lying yeah. in any form? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, um, so Robert Feldman, who um, he's a professor, I think he's actually like a chancellor now at um, University of Massachusetts, I think. So um, he doesn't really do research anymore, but he did a ton of research into lying and deception in kids. And so the one thing that he found is that kids, like we think that they grow out of lying, but really they grow into it, right? So little kids are like not very good liars, you know, middle schoolers are pretty good, high schoolers, even better, college students are like amazing liars, right? And so they learn it and they learn it by, by watching us. And so there's a lot of different studies that show um, 
you know, there's one study that shows, um, you know, when an experimenter like showed kids a toy, but then didn't, didn't show them all the functionality, like purposely didn't tell them about like all the different things the toy could do. And once the kids figured it out themselves, they were then more, they were less likely to trust what the experimenter said, like in the next go round, you know, so kids like they, they, they learn by watching us and they learn how to lie by watching us. They trust us less when we're lying to them. And so I definitely think there's, there's such a chance there for parents. And I don't want, like, I'm always very worried about, like, I don't want to tell parents they're doing it wrong because we already get told that all the time, especially as moms, you know, all the time. So like, I don't want anyone to think like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's not that it's just, there's such an opportunity, I think, in those moments where we want to reach for that little fib and our kids are watching us to just not do it right or to 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 engage with them have a conversation around deception um so one of the things i told my kids is like listen if you see me tell these little fibs like you can point it out to me like please don't do it in front of the person because that will embarrass me but like <laughs> once we're home or whatever like you can call me out on it. In fact, I want you to, because like I want, I'm trying to notice and you can help me notice. And so we wound up having all these great conversations that I think that parents, like they don't want to necessarily engage with their kids around that. Cause we say things like honesty is the best policy. Like we have all these things we say about it, but it, it's just, they're not true. Well, and it's so interesting because I think probably every parent out there, right. Has had that conversation. Um, I know I do all the time. Like I just want, you can tell me anything. I'm here for you. I will understand if you're honest and you tell me the consequences will always be less and then we can help you navigate. But you talk about this in the book. Um, and I think you, you definitely talk about it when you talk about your marriage and you were just really forthcoming with a lot of um, personal information about how you worked through you know, lying. But you talked about the fact that fear right? We, we fear what maybe the consequences are going to be, or we fear what the outcome or the reaction is going to be. And that is usually probably the reason why a lot of people lie. But going back to the kid example, it's like, well, then why if we tell our kids that are they still, you know, they still don't believe us that they can come and, right. and often tell us, I mean, sometimes they do, but I think yeah. in the end kids still, still lie. So how do you, you know, how does fear play into that? for you um you mean fear of like my own fear of telling of being honest in situations or why do we you know do we lie in fear of what the reaction or the consequence oh, will be right. you know and and i think it, it makes sense as an adult with big mm -hmm. things like your mm -hmm. example with your marriage right. um but yeah you know you just you wonder like mm -hmm. that it might not always yeah. be the case right yeah i mean i think so there are different things that we're afraid of so a, a child who's lying is just they're afraid of like what the punishment's going to be i assume like their fear is probably a bit more simple not simple to them but um but you know once we get older and we have kind of more complex emotional <laughs> emotional landscape i mean there's fear the fear of vulnerability you know is is it, it's scary to to be to be vulnerable. I mean, it really is. And sometimes there's like the more there is to lose, the scarier it is. I, and I think this mm -hmm. is true. Like it was true in my marriage 
But I think marriage or long-term relationships, like there's this expectation that they're going to ebb and flow and it's going to be difficult and there's going to be a rocky road or, um, but with something like friendship, I think that expectation is less. And so sometimes I think it can feel more scary to try to be honest with a friend because it isn't like you're not bound the way you are like in a long-term relationship where you're bound by perhaps legal documents and finances and all these things with a friend you're not as much. And so I think that there can be a lot of fear inside of friendships of really being honest with a friend. At least there is for me, like there still is. I'm still not, like I can think of one situation right now where I'm like, man, I really need to try to figure out how to be more honest with this friend of mine. Um, but I, it's like, it's scary, right? There's things mm -hmm. at stake and I, I don't, I haven't quite figured it out yet. So I do a lot of steps around or I like try to, have an honest response to something and then quickly change the topic. I mean, I still haven't figured it all out because I'm like, well, I don't want her to never speak to me again. But like, man, I really kind of wish that I could make her see this thing that she needs to see. So um, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, and there are those big lies and I, I almost understand those big lies more than the silly little lies mm -hmm. that you were, you talked about. And I so related to this about, you know, your time, or somebody's time in a marathon, I don't know, yeah. you know, rounding right. down or yeah. rounding yeah. up, whatever. I just think that's right. hilarious. I mean, sometimes I'll like, I'll want to get five miles in, I'll just go under, but of course I'm going to round up when I write it down yeah, on me my too. thing. I still do it. It's so weird. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and then it makes, it made me think of all these little things. Like I, mm -hmm. I haven't weighed what my driver's license says oh. since I was 16. <laughs> so <laughs> right. why do we do all of these things? Is this mm -hmm. like, do we are we, we're really lying to ourselves here right yeah. and what what do we get out of that yeah gosh i'm trying to think what does my driver's license say i don't even know so funny <laughs> i'm taller and skinnier on mine uh, for sure yeah. well i mean like so there is i always say this to people like if, like i don't know who would ask me what i weigh like it's not really an appropriate question but it depends like if they ask me how tall i am because like if i can say like five six I feel like I can be honest. Whereas if I say like what I really am, which is like five, five and a half, I mean, it's so silly, right? What did yeah. you get out of it? Yeah. Um, it's just like, I think it's just reputation management. I mean, it's just basically, we have these ideas about ourselves that we, you know, I do want to believe that I still weigh 135 pounds. I don't, <laughs> I mean, but I'm pretty sure that's what it still says on my driver's license. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, we, it's just, it's reputation, right? It's these, these ideas that we have of ourselves that are really hard to let go of. Um, so one of the, um, there's this book called Difficult Conversations and I reference it in the marriage chapter mm -hmm. and it is such an amazing book. Um, I but yeah, it's a great book. It was written okay. by um, some researchers at Harvard, um, part of the Harvard Negotiation Project. And mm -hmm. so they, um, it's all about having difficult conversations, but it's helpful, not just in conversations, but I think in thinking through how you think about yourself, because one of the things they talk about is like, we are so invested in these like little narratives that we have about ourselves, um, that we don't even understand how invested we are. And it comes up in like pretty much all of our interactions with people. And until you really like look at 
that, it, like sometimes it can mean really letting go of some part of your identity that you're holding on to. I mean, this doesn't apply so much with like driver's licenses and weight, but mm -hmm. more about those, those things that are a little bit more substantial that you keep telling yourself that maybe necessarily like aren't true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we must be getting something out of it because yeah. I just, I mean, nobody else cares what's on my driver's license. Right, exactly. No, that's the thing is nobody cares. Like nobody mm -hmm. actually cares. I mean, uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah. I, yeah. Well, it was really funny because when I was going through this book, I just, I was trying to remember that there was a movie that I had seen and I think it was called The Invention of Lying. And yes. Yes. And I it's, saw that. It's such a funny, it's really actually funny, especially in relation when you're kind of, re when you're reading your book and you start to really notice and think mm -hmm. about lying. But this movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's kind of funny. There's like a ton of big stars in it, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Ricky Gervais ever, is in it. Jennifer Garner. Um, so in this book, it's like a place, you know, it, you know, it's a world without even knowing what lying is. Like, everyone just speaks the truth and honesty. And like, you know, she's going on a date and she's like, I am, I don't like you. You're fat and you have a snub nose. Like, you know, she's <laughs> doing this whole thing. And so, or like the mom calls and she just blatantly says, yes, yeah. I, you know, yeah. this, this date is going nowhere. So, um, and it just, and, and in the end, it kind of, he realized that like by helping people feel better and maybe saying mm -hmm. things that like hurtful lies, but things that just made mm -hmm. people feel better and gave them, purpose or, you know, didn't bring them down with sometimes the, the truth. And right. so I, I kind of, I think, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up, I, I just, I really do love the book for giving you just some insight and to have some thought process to really go internally and mm -hmm. say, how am I living my life and how am I being an example to my kids and everything else? Um, but to maybe take note of those little yeah. fibs that we sometimes tell. Yeah, I, because I, I really do think that, um, like, it can seem so mundane. Like, God, what's, what's the point of paying attention to all this stuff? Like, if we're all doing it, why does it even matter? But the point for me was because there's opportunities inside, inside these conversations. Um, you know, I had, I, I talk about in the book, um, a conversation with my son who was then I think eight or nine we were on the way to the pediatrician and um, he was like you know if, if she asks about screens I'm going to tell the truth because you always lie you know because they always ask you how many fruits and vegetables do you eat like how much playtime like we're good on all that but the screens like I, a lot like we don't really have limits I mean it's not great right yeah and so I would say like oh I don't know one to two hours so he's like I'm going to tell her the truth because we shouldn't lie Mm -hmm. And so at first I was like really mad, like, oh, but then I was like, wait a second, this is an opportunity to like engage with him. And so I was like, you're right. We shouldn't lie. But like, let me tell you why I lie. I lie because I feel judged because I feel like I'm not a good enough mom because I don't know what to do about these screen limits and I don't limit it as much and I feel judged and like, do you ever feel judged? And he's like, yeah, I feel like, cause I'm bad, you know, when I act bad. And I was like, oh buddy, I was like, you know, you're not bad. Like you're a, there's, there's your, there's who you are and there's how you act and they're not the same thing. And it, it led to this great conversation, but we never would have gotten there if I hadn't like just engaged with this thing that we don't really want to engage with. And so I think that there's such opportunity for our, like our relationships with people and also like how we walk through the world 
feeling mm -hmm. because before I did all this work, I felt like a phony a lot of times. Not not even not in some of the traditional ways when women talk about feeling a phony like i'm a successful writer i can own that it's not that it's like a phony in terms of like feeling one thing and saying one thing and i feel mm. far less like that now i feel like i'm far more just aligned in what i'm saying and doing and thinking and feeling not all the time but i don't feel that like victimhood of being powerless in this world of lies i feel like wait a minute i have control over this circle around me and there's power in that so mm -hmm. it seems kind of almost silly like to pay attention to every single thing you're saying all the time but there is power in it there really is so. well and i think that your book really starts a great conversation like heather said we've been talking about it and talking about different scenarios that you talk about, but it's really about how authentic are you really being if you're mm -hmm. saying these things or not being direct with someone when you really should be. Mm -hmm. And there is a relief in that, I think. If, you know, if I think about some difficult conversations I've had mm -hmm. to have that would have been easier to lie about, there is a, you know, a relief mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not always as bad as you yeah. think it is. There's research. There's actually a great study um, by Emma Levine and Taya Cohen that shows that, that we mispredict what honesty will feel like. So when they had people predict what it would feel like for three days to tell the truth in their interactions, people were like, it's going to be awful. My life's going to be ruined. I'm going to lose all my friends. Like they thought it was going to be terrible. And then after it was over, they asked those people what they thought and it wasn't nearly as bad not only was it not nearly as bad, they actually found it very connecting. Like they actually found it meaningful. And so we, we really mispredict what it's going to feel like. We think it's going to be so much worse than it winds up being. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. I, I think you're right. So Judy, I want to have you tell our listeners where they can find you, your website, your book, um, and find out more about you. Sure. So um, you can go to my site. So it's my name, which is J-U-D-I-K-E-T-T-E-L-E-R.com. Um, and there's lots of different ways to get to the book from my site. There's a little thing that says honesty book. There's images of the book. Like you can't miss it. <laughs> um, so if you want to read more about the book or read some other things that I've written or what people have written about me, there's lots of links there. You can link out to order it um, or just order it from your wherever you, however you like to buy books, you know, your favorite bookseller, you can order it that way too. Um, so it's, it's widely available. Great. And Judy, I think I know the, the answer to this question, but we always <laughs> ask our guests, what does it mean to you to be brave? To me, being brave means being willing to go to the uncomfortable place, you know, when you really don't want to. <laughs> but just doing it anyway, um, because it probably won't be as bad as you think. That's good. And don't lie. No. And don't she, lie. She's not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Judy, thank you so much. And, you know, thank you for just all that you did with bearing your own personal stories in the book. I thought it was oh. just really insightful. So it was oh, a pleasure talking you. with you and hope Thanks to so talk much. to you again soon. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.